I do think we should start with uh, the Michael Cohen extravaganza uh, to say what is a big deal and what is not a big deal. Uh, have you enjoyed watching Mr. Cohen? Very entertaining. Very entertaining? Very entertaining to say the least. Yes, yes. I, I thought it would have uh, the same fanfare as, uh, you know, Comey, which Comey really? testifying was like the Super Bowl. Uh, so it's been a little less than that, but it's still pretty, pretty big. Uh, CNN's enjoying themselves, MSNBC's enjoying themselves, uh, and I'm sure a lot of Hillary Clinton. They're, they're really enjoying themselves. Yeah. So far, uh, besides calling Trump a uh, basically a scum, uh, essentially a grifter, uh, somebody who is a you know chronic liar, somebody who told him to lie. Uh, there hasn't been any major fireworks. There's been some things that are troubling for Trump. But since CNN, MSNBC, the media's main interest is Russia, I want to start with what has not been shown. Uh, Michael Cohen uh, showed him, said himself he does not have any evidence that Donald Trump colluded or his campaign uh, colluded with the Russian government. Uh, questions have been raised about whether I know of direct evidence that Mr. Trump or his campaign colluded with Russia. Uh, Cohen said, he said, I do not. Uh, I want to be clear. So you can't really get any more clear than that. I also want to say uh, to, you know, folks who are very interested in this outcome, that, there, that there's a collusion between the Trump campaign. Are invested. Let's say interested, invested. invested. I would find it, I don't think Michael Cohen is this stupid to go and lie in front of a Congress. Again? When he's going into jail for three years, because if it was proved he's lying in front of Congress, that could add on to his already three-year jail sentence. No, it can't. So, yeah, it can. No, I mean, they would have to recharge him. Well, there could be additional charges for lying They would have again. to recharge him. They would have right, to right. go through spend the money and go through court to recharge him for something. But, but the it, point is, he potentially could face more jail time for doing that. He potentially, but it seemed like he like lied about some stuff. I think, I think it's... It's well documented that he really wanted a uh, space in the Trump White House, and he made it seem equivocally as if he did not like that. Yeah, but that's the type of thing that, like, how do you prove that? What's in his mind? What's in his mind? Well, you got a, a numerous amount of people that had contact with him that actually said, no, he was really hurt by the fact that all of a sudden he was put on the out right. when he got in the office. So I don't think everybody, and this is before he even went against Trump. This is before right. he even got raided. Right. So I also think something that the uh, Russia collusion enthusiasts are going to latch on to, uh, Michael Cohen said, uh, Donald Trump's former attorney and fixer, Michael Cohen. Oh, wait, keep, keep I did uh, Donald Trump's uh, former fixer and attorney in de uh, testified in detail Wednesday about the president's involvement in hush money payments. I'll get to that later. later. But he also said that... Um, in his testimony, uh, when it was Democrats' turn to question Cohen, they gave him the chance to add new details about how he prepared his previous congressional testimony in which he lied, as well as the hush money payments and Trump's conversations with Stone. So as far as Stone, he's, Michael Cohen said that he was in President Trump's office when President Trump got a call from Roger Stone, still during the campaign. Yeah. Uh, saying, hey, saying I just hey, got off yeah. the phone with WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, and uh, there's going to be an email dump uh, so coming. I think, I think, I think well, let me, let if, me, if anyone, go ahead. But let me finish. So he said that happened, uh, I believe, in, uh, I think, July of 2016. Uh, the problem with that, the problem with that, as uh, Matt Taibbi pointed out, 
over under on news outlets today who will underscore uh, Cohen's testimony that Trump in July 2016 knew uh, in July 2016 knew in advance and ahead of time of a WikiLeaks dump damaging to Clinton and leave out that Assange announced this on TV on June 12th. So basically, uh, they're trying to make it seem like uh, Roger Stone gave Donald Trump advance notice uh, that WikiLeaks was coming out with a dump in a phone call in 20, July 2016. The only problem is the whole world had access <laughs> to this because exactly. Julian Assange in June, in June of 2016, went on uh, a program right here and said, uh, more, leak, uh, more leaks to come on Hillary Clinton, said uh, that the journalist organization is planning to release upcoming leaks in relation to U.S. presidential hopeful Hillary Clinton. So is it possible that Roger Stone just made up that he had spoken with Julian Assange on the phone Absolutely. to endear himself Absolutely. to endear himself to Donald Trump? But the point is, Donald Trump didn't get any advance notice that the rest of the world couldn't have got. And this is why it's important, Matt Taibbi, who works for Rolling Stone, you're not going to hear this on CNN, MSNBC today, pointing out, wait a minute, the timeline doesn't match up. Julian Assange had already announced more yeah. information was coming out. But, but, uh, I will point out, wait, got to do something, transition back. Uh, Natasha Burchard, I think her name is, uh, points out, uh, she's with The Atlantic. She points out from somebody else, Trump actually told Mueller in writing that Roger Stone did not tell him about WikiLeaks per CNN. But Cohen now says Stone told Trump about the impending WikiLeaks release in July 2016, if Mueller can prove Cohen's story. So, I mean, if you look at the, the, the documentaries, The Circus, back during the campaign. When a, they terrible, were, a terrible show that you love because you okay. love the establishment. Got that part. Mm. So back when the campaign was still going... Roger Stone was on there bragging as, as as if he was in connection with Julian Assange, or he had a person that was in connection with that he wasn't directly in connection. But if you know Roger Stone, you know he loves to embellish and he loves to. He may have had some type of contact, but to say that he knew information before anyone else does, no. It, but it depends who you want to leave your own your own eyes or Roger Stone. And Roger Stone is famous for saying. Uh, he basically calls lies like lying is just uh, shaping public discourse. So like he's open that he lies. So the fact that he could have called uh, Julian, he could have called Donald Trump during the campaign and said, I just got off the phone with Julian Assange. It's definitely true. But that doesn't mean that he that he actually was in contact with him. Of course, he would right. do that to make himself look bigger. I mean, if you know Donald Trump. And you know how you have to relate to him. You know how you have to relate to him. If you know Roger Stone, Roger Stone embellishes. Right. If, you, if you're not familiar with him, look at Give Me Roger Stone. If you want to get even more familiar with him, you can uh, Google what he did with um, the old uh, district attorney of New York. What's his name? Oh, uh, what was his name? The one that got bu busted? Busted with the prostitutes? Uh, I forget his name. Oh, uh, Elliot Spitzer. Elliot Spitzer. Yeah. What he did with uh, the, the the journalist, uh, not Dan Rathers, but the other guy. I know. He said that he the one that got him fired. That that's also on Get Me Roger Stone. Like you can see who this guy oh, that is. That is Dan Rather. Yeah it, yeah, it was Dan Rather. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. see what he did. What what he does to get people when he when he has the right backing, he can make anything happen. Right. And he's the one that got Trump elected. But. But even though 
by him calling Trump, uh, it's not, it's just, he didn't give Trump any advance notice because Julian Assange had already made it publicly available. The one thing that's true, if Trump put in writing, uh, I did not hear about the WikiLeaks things from Roger Stone in writing to the special pro- yeah. prosecutor, that would be lying to the special prosecutor's yeah. office. But the thing is, how could it be proven? Yeah. Uh, you know, this is Michael Cohen's word that he was in the office when a call came in. Presumably, uh, special prosecutor Robert Mueller would have the phone records yeah. uh, if that occurred. So two things could be true. Number one, uh, Roger Stone didn't talk to Assange, which I don't think he did. No. Uh, Roger Stone was lying to Trump that he talked to Assange, that he told him WikiLeaks information was coming out that the world already had access to know they yeah, were coming out, but Trump lied about getting advance notice. Uh, Trump lied about hearing from Roger Stone about WikiLeaks. Yeah, I, I, see, I, I don't doubt the fact that I think I think if Roger Stone did anything, it's com- confirming. Right. Yeah, this is happening. But Roger Stone's the type of person that would literally yeah. read a news article that Julian Assange has uh, dumps coming out about yeah. Hillary Clinton, then make a call. Hey, I just spoke with Julian Assange. Yeah, like no. lying. I mean, is- if you don't, if you guys don't know, like the birther, the whole birther issue came from Roger Stone. Right. It came from Roger Stone. Roger Stone's the first one that brought that up and put that inside of Trump's head and they rolled with it. Something like that. The other the other damning thing the other damning thing was uh Michael Cohen uh showed a check written uh, yeah. uh by uh I believe it was he had signed. Two checks. One was signed by Trump, Don, the other one was signed by small Don or Don Donald Jr. Trump Jr. So <laughs> and another guy that worked right. inside the organization. So Donald Trump Jr. signing a Small check Don, to Stormy Daniels, I believe, while Trump was president. Yeah. Um, that's problematic for Donald yeah. Trump Jr. Because well, it's problematic that Donald Trump signed it as well, and this is after he said he's giving the the uh, organization over to his kids. Right. And at the time he signed, at the time Donald Trump signed it, I believe he was president, still president, was president. Yeah. But also, I believe he signed it uh, before that time on the airplane when he was questioned, "Do you know anything about these uh, yeah. hush punny payments?" And he said, "No, I don't. You'd have yeah. to ask Michael Cohen." So everything that but we we've known that was a lie for some months now. Right. But my point is, everything as of now, Mueller might have something else. Everything that is kind of criminally liable about Trump has nothing to do with Russia. It has yeah. to do with. Uh, lying about the Trump, ha, lying about how long he was negotiating uh, for the Trump Tower in Moscow, yeah. lying about the hush money payments to Stormy Daniels, which none of his supporters care about either of those. Um, but there's nothing about, you know, there's nothing in here that shows that he was working with the Russian government to hack the DNC, to hack Podesta. Uh, it, none of that is shown. Uh, one thing that is uh is in here that Michael Cohen is saying that could be a criminal uh, charge against President Trump is uh, Cohen is saying, uh, here we go, Cohen is saying that uh, changes were made to his testimony about the Trump Tower Moscow deal by Trump's lawyer, Jay Sokolow, and maybe others on Trump's legal team before uh, Cohen testified to Congress, before he lied to Congress. So that would indicate that Trump and his legal team were obstructing justice. It wouldn't indicate Trump and his legal team was obstructing justice. His legal team can operate without Trump. You know what I'm saying? In the, in the, in the best interest of Trump. Cohen in itself said that he would operate without getting direct consent from Trump, but based on 
their interaction in the past, he would be like, okay, Trump would want me to do this and would do it on behalf of Trump without any, without telling Trump and it will let Trump know later. So, Well, yes and no, because lawyers by, lawyers are supposed to clear things by their, by their uh, client before they take action on, on behalf of the client. They may, so, they may are support, that, 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 that may be true, but obviously Cohen is saying, as his lawyer, he did not do that. Cohen is said he said, no, I would do things based on what I knew that Trump wanted based on history. So based on that, I would do things without consulting with him. So right. in that, in that regard, it, I, you can easily see his lawyers doing something without him knowing. But, but what I'm saying. In, in order to protect him. But what I'm saying is all of what we're saying right now is under the caveat Mueller might have something else that substantiates that Trump did know and that Trump was directing it. You see what I'm saying? Like Mueller might have information that shows, no, Trump was the one pulling the strings because uh, Michael Cohen was still with Trump. He was still yeah. in Trump's camp yeah. at that time. He might, have, he might have phone calls. He might have, who knows? Based on, based on what, what Cohen is saying right now, Trump is not as dumb as we think he is. Like, he's like, no, he would not tell us directly. He would say around about, he would do things that will then infer based on, you would have to have history with him to know what he meant by those things. Right. So he, so that's why I was like, no, you won't find something recorded outside of what he recorded and what he has of Trump because he wouldn't do text messages. And that's, remember what I had said, that's crazy that a man that tweets so much doesn't text message. Right. And, and, and obviously, you know, you think about if, if his school of thought, which people always go to the fact that he sounds like a mobster, let's just entertain that idea, that school of thought. They never used phones. They never used anything that would show kind of communication. And they were always so if that was his his kind of the, the tunnel that he went in building his uh, persona, building his his business, then obviously He's in that regard. There are certain things you're not going to be able to attach him to because he's always he's always like yes and no though because it's already been shown that Michael Cohen recorded Trump in many cases. Well, that one that that well, that that go the the same reason that the majority of mobsters are put down is always with someone that's really close to them. You seem to know a lot about the mob. I do know a lot about the mob. Hmm. It's, it's always with someone that's close to them. So it makes sense that that Cohen would then ha be able to get that access and record that. But Cohen said outside of his own recordings that that they already have, there's nothing else. And I would go to say that there's nothing else except the only argument you really have that you can say, okay, could there be other evidence is the fact that he signed a check. But, but based on what Trump said, he didn't think it was a big deal that he still operated in his business capacity. That was more of a perception thing than an actual legal thing. Nah, no, because there are laws against a sitting president of the United States uh, also enriching himself or having business interests. Obama had to divest himself, divest himself from certain things, and other presidents had to divest themselves from certain it's things. It's a perception thing. I don't think it's a business thing because he kept saying he can do it. It's a, it's a perception. It's all about perception because it's the perception that you're keeping this because then the things that you're doing as president is to, so to, to alleviate that perception, you then take yourself out of it. But it's not legal at all. However... Well, we're talking about two different things. So, so even if Trump didn't break any laws in real time doing what he was doing, if he lied about the things he was doing to 
Robert Mueller, yeah. you are in, you're in deep shit. Exactly. Right. But then how do we get to those lies? We'll see what Mueller's report has to say. But I've been saying forever and ever and ever, even when I was at the Young Turks. Has I, he, has he, he's given a statement to, to uh, yeah, Mueller. a written statement. Written statement. I've always said, I don't see a Russian collusion boogeyman. What I see is, yeah, he had shady business deals that he was probably lying about. Because as Michael yeah. Cohen said about 10 times, he never in a million years thought he was going to win the presidency. Yeah. So he was just basically was using this as a, as a big marketing PR marketing thing. PR, yeah. And so he was trying to get that Moscow tower. He didn't want to lose that opportunity. So he lied about how long into the, how long into the process of the campaign those negotiations went. I think he told Cohen to lie to Congress, saying it was over in January 2016. Uh, it actually was, they were talking as recently as spring, summer uh, 2016. But to me, the most damning, if you want to say, yeah. if, it, if it comes out that Mueller has evidence to support it, if Trump uh, was at all involved, uh, even if not directly, but was in communication with his lawyers about what they were doing, what they were directing yeah. Michael Cohen to say to Congress, that's obstruction of justice. Because yeah. you are, and that's what we don't see. And he was doing it as president, not during the campaign, because yeah. Michael Cohen testified after. But so that's what we don't see, right? But what I would like to uh, express is two things. Number one, there's two separate things. So on one hand, Donald Trump could be a sleazy businessman. Donald Trump could have had, well, probably did have numerous affairs, and I'm sure his wife knows about it, and that's big. And into. I'm sure he don't. They don't. She don't care. I mean, she sleeps in a separate room from all accounts. I, and also. Big up to him saying, you know what, as far as I'm concerned, he's never been that type of person. It's a completely different type of person that hits their wife versus lies. Right. So I'm glad he didn't convolute the two. I think it gives more credibility to his intentions. He's not just trying to paint this boogeyman because there were allegations of him hitting his wife. Uh, he said, no, never. Never seen anything like that. I thought that was great. Just on the credibility part, you know. Right. I don't think you can really argue his whole intention is to just do in with and, and, and by any means lie right, right. to get his point across. And I, I think that, to be honest with you, to me, to, brush my teeth. to be to me, uh, what this hearing is showing is a lot of things we already knew. Donald Trump probably had shady financial dealings when it comes to Russia. Uh, Donald Trump wanted to hush up uh, porn star payments, probably not so much for the campaign, but because of his wife. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's basically He was just, like, he didn't done it too many times. He told her he wasn't going to do it no more. Right, right. He didn't want to have well, this drama. Well, also, a lot of, in a lot of cases, and we, we knew this with uh, Jackie O., it's not so much they understand that their husband is not faithful, but they don't want to be embarrassed. Exactly. The they don't media. want it in the face. It's, it's a right. different thing to know it, and then it's a different thing for everybody else to know. But to me, the most important thing... And a different thing to know everybody else knows. But to me, the most important thing that comes out of this, unless I'm missing something, is what, again, all of the time that has been wasted among the corporate yeah. media... Fo fo foaming at the mouth about an imaginary boogeyman of Russian collusion when they could have just waited for Mueller's report. Because you're running out of people that could prove Russian collusion. Manafort's not proving Russian collusion. All he, is, all he has proven is stuff separate from the Trump campaign. He was a tax evader, money laundering, even before he joined the Trump campaign. Yeah. Uh, who else? Michael Flynn doesn't prove Russian collusion. He's going to jail for something that happened after Trump was elected. Um, who else is in the orbit that's going down? George Papadopoulos? doesn't really prove Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. So really, uh, unless I'm missing something, your last 
Pope was Michael uh, Cohen, Cohen, and he's in front of Congress with really a, a lot of jeopardy if he lies again, saying, I don't really have any evidence. All he said is uh, there were some odd things. He did say, I found it odd that Trump was talking so uh, lovingly about Putin during the campaign, but is it really odd if he was still actively yeah. trying to get a Moscow Trump Tower, which yeah. Putin could make happen with the snap of his Real fingers? Quick, yeah. So I think what this hearing is showing is Rachel Maddow, uh, Morning Joe, uh, the Washington Post, the New York Times, again, unless Robert Mueller proves me wrong, and all along, dating back to two and a half years ago, even when I was on the campaign trail and all this stuff was starting, I said, yeah. I'm not opposed to an investigation. Listen, I, I think it's a little much to have yeah. 30 to $40 million spent. But anyway, I'm not opposed to an investigation. But let's cover, like, real issues and wait. That doesn't mean investigative reporters can't try to find out, find out what Mueller is investigating. Investigating, guess what? Investigating is not a night. Right. So doesn't mean investigative reporters, which that doesn't really exist anymore. Most reporters on CNN, the New York Times, are just stenographers for the deep state, CIA, FBI, and whatever the hell the government tells them, uncritically just passing it along to you, the news consumer. However, did we really need, for two and a half years, segment after segment after segment of just gross speculation that the Rus Russian collusion and this and that, when there was never any hard evidence that the Trump campaign or Trump actively was working with even liaisons to the Russian government, cutouts to the Russian government. There was never any firm evidence of that, and we've wasted time. No coverage of the ongoing water crisis in Flint, about to turn five years old. No coverage of black men being executed to this day all over the country by uh, a, a militarized police occupying force. No coverage of the environmental genocide. So to button this up, to me, the key things, number one, Don Jr. signing that check. Number two, Donald Trump signing that check. Donald Trump, I don't know everything he told Robert Mueller in writing, but he certainly did tell the news media he didn't know about those hush money payments. So Bernie has raised $10 million in the first week of his presidential campaign, $10 million from 359,914 donors. That is... Those votes. And that is majority... Roots. Majority small-dollar donations... Yeah. Those people yeah. knocking on doors, right? Right. There. Aside from the 10 million total, representing 14% of Sanders' fundraising sum in 2015, only 14. Three factors from week one stand out in the senator's favor. Who's this? New York Magazine. In a race where the source of the fundraising could be as important as the money itself, Sanders is relying on small gifts from young donors. Not, not. Let's let's be clear. We love money from old older progressives too. Because some, some uh, viewers... You're only reading an article. This right. has nothing to do with our views. Get out of my face. Uh, according to the Times, donations to the economic populist averaged around 26 bucks, and the most common age for a donor was 30 years old. The 2020 field has shifted way to the left of the last cycle, and among the more liberal candidates in the pack, corporate donations could act as a PR burden, blah, 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 blah. Second, it looks, like, it looks as if Sanders has attracted a new swath of voters, according to information shared with the Times. Almost 39% of donors used an email address that was not registered with the 2016 campaign. So literally almost, I mean, not almost, but like in the vicinity of half of the, these donors were new donors. And wasn't most of them Republicans as well, right? No, I think like 12% were uh -huh. actually Republicans. So the narrative is, but Bernie hasn't built his base since 2016. Uh, 
Apparently he has because yeah. almost 40% of the donors were new email addresses. So that's why I was yeah. always saying. People have been paying attention. He's the only one that's been working. And by the way, that's why I was always saying, do you know any president, like did Mitt Romney after he lost in 2012, barnstorm the way. country? I said that, by the way, but go ahead. Okay. Did Mitt Romney go around the country, barnstorming the country? Did Hillary Clinton, after 2008's lowest, barnstorm the country again? After 2016? Hell, right. No. So Bernie Sanders was down in Mississippi standing with the Nissan workers striking. Bernie Sanders was in Kentucky. I covered it, uh, advocating to not repeal the Affordable Care Act, even though he doesn't even agree with the Affordable yeah. Care Act. But he saw it's it, we can't, we can't uh, repeal some progress, even though he was still pushing for Medicare for all. He's been to he's been to Georgia. He's been to other southern states. He's been to other red states. So maybe that has to do with why uh, I believe it was 12 percent of the donations came from Republicans. So Bernie Sanders, you know, the media likes to focus so much about Bernie Sanders isn't a Democrat and this and that. Again, uh, 39 percent new new email donors uh, right here. So assuming the vast majority of the of those aren't old don old donors using new emails, it suggests that the campaign has broadened its support since the 2016 run, which Sanders pulled in 43.1 percent of the vote. By the way, that number's bullshit because frankly, I think he won Iowa, I think he won Missouri, but we don't need to get back into that. There's a quote. There's an assumption he's relying on that loyal base of support from 2016. Democratic strategist Jen Psaki told The Times the new donors could, quote, make people question the assumption that Bernie supporters are solely Bernie loyalists from 2016. That's the point. When I you weren't with me at the time, but when I covered Trump rallies, not like I didn't poll five people. I I got very few Ted Cruz's. I got Bernie Sanders. So. You want You want. You want. You expect us to think a lot of those Trump supporters aren't disillusioned, like those plants aren't reopening anywhere that he promised to reopen. Of course. You know they might see minimal savings or minimal more money coming in their pay paycheck from the tax uh, cut, but they're not overall seeing some magnificent change in their life. And a lot of them, including the workers we just interviewed in Ohio, in uh, Michigan, that are being laid off by General Motors are seeing worse than under Trump yeah. because Trump was making promises that he couldn't keep. The president by himself cannot uh, dictate whether companies uh, keep their plants in America or go offshore. That's policy. And as yeah. I've always advocated, there needs to be a hell of a lot of tighter regulation on these companies where we don't let them do whatever they want and we don't give them bailouts with no strings attached and we don't give them tax subsidies and deregulation with no strings attached, meaning if we're giving these companies subsidies, if we're creating favorable conditions, they have to keep a, uh, a baseline of workers in America yeah. with benefits, with a living wage. So I think, uh, let me tell you something. That's just one week. That's just one week of results. So I happen to think Bernie Sanders, uh, if that's kept up, because honestly, I don't see any other candidate performing that way. Kamala Harris, although the media has done their best to, to kind of create this narrative where, like, she's got the buzz, she's not making that kind of money. Now, as uh, as she does fundraisers, she might be able to compete with Bernie Sanders on money yeah, she's because getting she's getting a lot of money. Donors. She's getting a lot of money from the usual suspects, which I'm gonna, I'm actually looking into right now. She's doing a fundraiser in Hawaii in March with some questionable cats, including many that donated to Hillary Clinton. But you could have you as Hillary Clinton showed, you could have the money, but money doesn't equal enthusiasm. Here. So Hillary Clinton outspent Donald Trump by two to one. She in the electoral college, she got. Her clock cleaned. So 
I think this is very uh, good news for Bernie. We'll see what happens at his rally Saturday. Uh, still waiting to see if we're approved to yeah. cover his rally. Oh, so uh, we, we put in for cr- credentials, so we'll see about that. Uh, but I think, I think uh, the key takeaway here. That's a lot of new emails. Yeah. That's a lot of new emails. So that... It ain't nothing to sneeze And at. even if it's a lot of people that already donated but have a new email, that's not all of them. So even if he had 20% of legitimate new donors, that's a big number. They're, the reason why my aunt feels the way they feel about Bernie is because there, he, he, there well, has to be some disconnect. Nobody knows the how, reason nobody what, how your aunt feels about Bernie. Uh-huh. I've, to, I've told you guys before that they was for Hillary, period, point blank. And they were for Hillary in 2016. And they're, they're saying, without even knowing anything at all, that they're going to be for whoever in the, whoever's running against Bernie Sanders in the general, I mean, the primary. And I'm like, really? And, and they just have a chip on their shoulder. They, for some reason, they just... I don't know, but I think I think, in part that loyalty is a huge thing. I think loyalty is a big thing with the black community because for the majority of our time in this country, all we had, we didn't have. It was all about our word was as as good as good as a character reference as we can get because we didn't have money, we didn't have anything like that that people measured who a person was on. It was all about our character and our loyalty, and it meant something to. Um, dance with the one that brought you to the party, so to speak. You know, so it means something to older people to continue to have um, uh, an allegiance to uh, a particular uh, group of people that you feel brought you to the party. Obviously, there's exceptions, Barack being one of them. But initially, they were in favor of Hillary until they got to know who Barack Obama was. Even though Hillary and Bill kind of took you to the, took you to the party and then threw you off the dance floor. Well, uh, but see, and obviously that wasn't even really understood because the majority of black people, and, and, and also you have to take into consideration manipulation as well. Black people don't want crime in their communities as well. So don't get it twisted. As I mean, you had a majority of black people during that time that was for this 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 uh this criminal uh act um uh the thing that 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 biden uh drafted and it was because for the large part they felt like they were living in a police state they felt there were there were no resources so people were forced to 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 sell drugs or rob the majority of crimes that are committed are economic crimes uh uh to get more money and so they're like okay i don't want to have to worry about um, you know, my kid dying, walking outside to the park, which was a real reality to a lot of older black people. So they were in favor. They didn't understand, first off, that they were in that environment due to the policies that targeted black people, that gave black people less uh, resources that, that white people had. And it was a whole lot of things that brought us to a breaking point where it made sense to sell drugs, where it made sense to want to join a gang. It made sense to rob because survival was at hand. So instead of taking all that into consideration, we're taking to my mother wants me to live. So yes, pass this criminal act. So then my kids can live, you know, fast forward. We understand now we have more information about what that meant and what it did um, in years uh, following. So, I don't want it to just seem as if Democrats and even black people for that matter in that moment 
wasn't for it, but they were for it because they had a lack of information. And Democrats were for it because they were more concerned about their political careers. They weren't concerned about it because if they were concerned about it, they would have been more because they knew where it came from and they knew what would happen. But they manipulated the ignorance of the community that didn't know. The only thing they knew is that they didn't want to have to worry about their child walking down the street and being shot. You know what I'm saying? So that was a real worry for older black parents, my mother being one of them, even though, you know, me being uh, a part of that gang activity, being in jail, like it was it was still a worry, you know, until I got old enough where I didn't listen anymore. I had to be in the house before the light, the street lights came on because we knew that a lot of stuff happened at the dark in Compton. So when the street lights came on, I had to be at home until I got old enough to say no, you know, and I just didn't listen. But you know, that's a real concern, and it's been a real concern. And I would say that it has been a real concern for a lot of, um, and, and remains to be in certain areas, a, a real concern that they feel like they're they're not getting the resources. So you, you're putting people in a predicament where they're forced to do these crimes. There's no resources, no, no organizations, nothing that's putting money in these communities. Guess what? They're like, yes, I want to walk down the street without worrying about dying. So then they go for bills that will uh, at some point be not in their best interest in the long run. It won't even be in their child's best interest because then their kid that they're trying to keep alive will be targeted and then end up being put in jail or being in a criminal system just because he looks, he's suspected of being a suspect. And that goes to a system of oppression, the system of, of, of over-incarceration that happens. And it all has to do with, a lot to do with perception, right? Right. Um, so I, I went into that rant, but I was saying is like, yeah, they voted against it and they went against their own interest, but just understand that the perception was that the Clintons were looking out for them. You know what I mean? Think about it. They said that Clinton was the first black president. Even though that was a running joke, they meant that because it seemed like he took the time to address the black community. Even though he didn't, he didn't come to the Million Man March. Um, and I was in jail at the time, but I knew it happened. Even though he went against Farrakhan, but at least Farrakhan got a million men to come together in peace. He didn't support it. He didn't even speak on it. He had like a dinner the same day. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole lot of things he didn't address. And obviously, now that we know, you know, that criminal bill wasn't actually something that he cared about. Uh, it only became something that he cared about when when he started to care more about, well, I, I, I guess we can argue that he's always cared more about his political career, but that was a Republican criminal bill that he enforced just so that so they could show that he was bipartisan and, go, and, and, and tilting more to the right. And also welfare reform. Yeah, that, that, real welfare that, reform that law, well. that law was very, very catastrophic for exactly. uh, African-Americans. And her bill, actually, in some areas, uh, might be a little stronger than... Bernie's bill. Uh, this bill would offer, obviously, Medicare for all, uh, and it would get it done uh, seemingly in two years, where Bernie's bill would go uh, be implemented in four years. Uh, J- Jayapal's bill... Who is this? Congresswoman from Washington oh. State. Jayapal's bill would first uh, create, extend, extend Medicare, I believe, for people under the age of 19, then it would create expanded care for people uh, uh, that already have Medicare, yeah. so people over 55. And within two years, people between 19 and 55, so our age bracket, would have it. Uh, it would be, medi- it would be help- full health care, full dental, full hearing, full mental health services, uh, and full care for long care, long-term care 
So those senior citizens, those kinds of things. Uh, she, The Intercept has a good piece uh, here, we'll show you, uh, that talks about the special interests that were involved in this bill. And it is not the special interest that we usually think about. Uh, this, this time, uh, the legislation, which is being introduced with more than 100 co-sponsors, is the most far-reaching since a Senate version sponsored by Bernie Sanders and includes benefits that are more generous. It, it also moves to full, full implementation in two years. Uh, it also uh, a recognition by Democrats that the opposition party would try to appeal it if you gave them four years. Uh, the effort includes related legislation that would change the way long-term care is covered. Under the current system, Medicaid is the last resort, which effectively means that the sick and dying must impoverish themselves in order to qualify. The new bill would end the pra that practice and allow people to die with dignity at home. The measure was written with the help of disability rights activists led by the Consortium for Citizens with Disabilities. Keep going. Uh, the new law, uh, among its swath of new benefits, would provide dental coverage, a major... Jesus. Hold on. The new law, among its swath of new benefits, would provide dental coverage, a major boost to the health and quality of life of millions who suffer constant toothaches, or worse, for lack of access to dental care. I could attest I've spent $5,000. I've spent $5,000 on a root canal, two root canals, uh, and growing, because I have mm. to go back the last I year. I Along with the Consortium for Breast Citizens with it. Disabilities. Your breath has nothing to do with your teeth. Anyway, along no, with Consortium. Absolutely, if you, have a, if you have a cavity, it absolutely has everything to do with it. I don't have any cavities now because If I you had to done. get a root canal, that means if they didn't do it right and you got the blood still coming in, the blood is affecting, you know what I'm saying? I can see the words coming out your mouth right hmm. now. Like, along with the Consortium for Citizens with Disabilities, the main groups involved in drafting the legislation were National Nurses United, major nurses union that has long been on the forefront, Phys uh, Physicians for a National Health Program, the Center for Popular Democracy, uh, pu um, Public Citizen and Social Security Works, noticeably absent, and this is fantastic, the Center for American Progress, which mm -hmm. is Nina Neera Tandon's fake progressive group, uh, and also noticeably absent were Big Pharma, the insurance companies, doctors, and hospitals. Uh, Two-year implementation is very yeah. good, because Bernie's is four-year, uh, I don't know why Bernie's is four years versus this is two years. Uh, so far, this bill that was introduced doesn't have the specificity that Say Bernie, again. this bill that was introduced today, specificity. doesn't have the specificity that Bernie's does as far as how we would pay for it. Uh, Bernie is very clear how we would pay for it with tax increases, not only on uh, wealthy people, corporations, but also that, you know, everyone's going to have a, a modest tax increase, but you're going to save more because you don't have deductibles, co-pays, co-insurance, mm -hmm. and all that. Uh, so, without, you know, without getting into, like, full detail of the plan, because honestly, I need more time to look at it, what I like is more plans. More plans. More plans are coming out for Medicare for All, which only mainstreams Medicare for All and a single-payer system more. Uh, the fact that she had 100 co-sponsors in the House is a positive thing. Because I guarantee you a large number of those co-sponsors would have not co-sponsored this three years ago, five years ago. Mm. But now that it's polling at 70 percent, you could thank Bernie Sanders for that, uh, more politicians are having some political courage. And now it's becoming what uh, the, it's called the Overton window. We're moving the Overton window Overton. way to the left. So now things that were just like tree huggers were for the Green New Deal 10 years ago. Uh, socialist, you know, welfare queens wanted universal health care 10 years ago. Now, welfare queens, that's a... Uh, Ronald Reagan's. Well, I'm just saying, it's one of those words 
So I don't know if you guys knew, back in the 70s, they came to the conclusion that they, it's just not good politics to say nigga and, and black person and this. So we use code words like uh, uh, welfare queen and like uh, uh, these words that we use that, were in, that, that, that will insinuate we're talking about black people. Yeah. So I think this is a good step. I think if I want to see uh, more specifics, but specifically dental care. Hearing, uh, long-term, uh, long-term disability, uh, and, and extended care for uh, long-term illness is a positive yeah. thing. I also think you got Bernie's in the Senate. You got uh, Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal's in the House. I say, if if Bernie's running, meld a few different plans together, uh-huh. get it out there, because I think two-year implementation is key. Because four year, I mean, you're you're leaving it to what if Republicans retake the House? Yeah, uh, in a two year midterm, yeah. or what if Republicans may, you know, what if it passes under a Democrat? And, and for then the in most four part, years, for the most part, that could possibly be a thing. I mean, to this day, I can't see who would run against Bernie Sanders, but uh, who would not uh, enjoy like the benefits? But everything takes a little bit to get off the ground, right? You know what I'm saying? They they say they made a good analogy. Say, running for president is like in becoming president is like starting a, like having a startup, and then the next day you're running a billion dollar uh, uh, corporation. It's like literally that's what happens. Right. That's how it is. And so obviously, I don't care how long Bernie Sanders um, has been in has been in the Senate. It's still going to be a, some t- some sort of learning curve that that he's going to have to navigate in. And, and um, yeah, two-year plan is way better than four. Right. And I also think um, the key here is moving, moving the psychology of this all. Bernie Sanders talking about it as a human right. Uh, so is Pramila Jayapal. Getting rid of the capitalist, oligarchic, plutocratic talk that, oh, you know, it's, it's not a right. It's, uh, you know, people have to work hard. Your employer gives it. You could get it from your employer if you have a job. Well, as Bernie said during the town hall with CNN, uh, go talk to people who have employee health care yeah. and ask them how much they love it when they still have high co-pays, yeah. when they're being asked to pay more into their health care plan. Most people, if you give them the choice between it being completely free and paying slightly more in taxes versus having more taken out of their paycheck, uh, yeah, no. Slightly more in taxes all day. Right. And as uh, Congresswoman Jayapal's bill says, in addition to Bernie Sanders, hey, you want cosmetic surgery? There will be private health insurance for you. Yeah. You want specific things that is not uh, offered in the government plan? You could go to private health care. It's the same thing as free public college.